Hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your other host, Daniel Colburn. That's right. And today's episode is brought to you by... Hmm. It's brought to you by the uh, state of Florida. Hmm. Where Caleb lives in a swamp with no internet during very crucial software launches. That's right. That is how I do it. Daniel, I must say, we've talked about this, um, this little hoosker do the uh, the Wi-Fi thing, the internet thing yeah. before that is hotspot I got. Mm-hmm. Well, out of nowhere, the internet quality has been great, and mm-hmm. they bumped me up to 100 gigabytes, gave me an extra 50 gigabytes for free. So I've Good so Lord. far, I'm under 50, I'm out $50 total on data, $150 for the machine, $50 total on data, and... I have a hundred gigabytes of like fast internet and I'm in a swamp. So Yeah. And we should basically assume that you're fully liquid on the machine itself because you could just resell it on eBay. For yes. The same thing you bought. Fully it for. liquid, right. It was bought used, so the tarnish has already worn off. It's all good. Yep. Um so yeah, you're out fifty bucks. But it's dude, it's pretty empowering, man. It's like crazy. Yeah. That this like right now, this whole situation that's going on is I keep forgetting because I'm like at a physical place with my whole desk set up that like I could have mm-hmm. this desk set up on a boat and it would be fine, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It'd be fine till you sink. Till we sink. Right. Or go anywhere that's not land and doesn't have mm-hmm. towers. Yeah. So. Anywhere that has no 5G. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So don't you know it, Deke? Yeah. So Caleb, for the listener and the user, because I've been deeply invested in your life situation of late, but uh, for, <laughs> for the listener and the deeply user... Deeply impacted by... Yeah. Um, you are in an RV next to some water. Yeah. Um, fishing and crabbing and shrimping. Yes. Is that the situation? It is. And actually, the last time we talked on this show, I we talked about crabs. Yeah. And Have you crabbed them. now? And so the day after I went out and got a crab, uh, well, set up, I was going to get a crab pot, but Mm -hmm. they could, they didn't have it. I found this awesome used like, uh, ocean stuff place called mother, mother ocean. Sure. And just asked and they were like, no, we don't have crab pots or crab cages or whatever, but you can stick a chicken wing on a string and I catch think we them that way this. dude did we catch it on the sh- we talked about it on the show we talked about like the approach to catching crabs oh, we so did. basically you like you bait them with the chicken wing then you net them oh yeah yeah so we talked the approach well it works daniel okay it works with a little so bit you've of been finesse crab. i caught some crabs and then i just stopped doing it because i just whatever didn't do it anymore i did it yesterday sure. and i caught a crab um so, and did yeah. you eat did you eat your crabs no, because we're leaving and like, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I don't want to just have one. So I'm, I'm either going to mm-hmm. like dedicate a few hours to catching multiple crabs and then cooking them and having a whole party or not. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the answer is not. Cool. Um, yeah. But dude, super fun. Super tight. Super fun. Don't you know it? Crabbing. Don't you know it? Um, Other Florida news, Daniel. Just yeah. things that you know i gotta catch you up on and the listener up on um florida or a uh, key west you ever been in key west in the florida keys way down in key west um so i've been to some keys caleb well let me actually back up i don't actually know which keys i've been to okay before we get into the keys that you've been to what do you know all of the places listed in that Beach Boys song? Um, so. Maybe a better question is, can you name the first place listed in that song? Aruba. Oh, dude, you are ready to roll with that. <laughs> dude, that took uh-huh. me so long because I've been singing it in my head over and over this entire yeah. time aruba jamaica ooh, i want to take it to bermuda bahama oh come gosh. on pretty mama key largo montego baby why don't we go to coco mo wow. yeah stewie takes it fast it. then stewie takes it slow yeah. so that's where we want to go daniel 
that's crazy that you just pulled that out. I've been like piecing it together mentally for weeks. Well, yeah. And I just unlocked it like the other day. Like uh-huh. I just Aruba. pieced it all together. And I was like, oh, wait, this all rhymes. I'm pretty sure this is it. But I was stuck on Aruba and I was thinking Karuba. I was like, oh, Karuba, Karuba. which is so stupid. But Karuba Collision, Karuba. is that a local place or does everywhere have Karuba Collision? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay. Well, I think it's a, a like a place in Buffalo where you get your car body work done. Hell yeah. Karuba Collision. And that was really Yeah, for, run by Jeff Karuba. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, I'm super impressed that you just had that. It's good for you, man. I don't think it's that impressive. I, I think do. it's a song that almost everyone knows all the way through. I don't know. I feel like everybody kind of knows the song, but to have somebody just straight up like you did, just start, you know, oh, I wish I, I wish I cared to edit this because we could like be like, hey, pause this and think about the first place listed in that song for the listener. Yeah. But it's too late. We definitely me. don't care to edit this though. No way. Absolutely not. Yeah. Not a chance in hell. Never happening. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, great job, Daniel. Back to you. Thanks, dog. Where have you been? What keys have you been to? Me? Yeah. Oh, you know. Um, so the interesting thing is, so my grandmother lived in Sarasota for a long time. Where is Sarasota? It's in Florida. Okay. And we went to Sarasota, Sarasota. and then we took a road trip to I, w- I swear we took a road trip to a key but i think sarasota is in central florida so i don't know how we would have taken a road trip to a key Let's you know see. sarasota oh yeah no you could have road tripped if you wanted it is not central it's like what's well, below t- it looks like an hour below tampa okay yeah. it's like on the gulf though yeah it's on the gulf side so it would yeah. be a solid clip like if you took a road trip from sarasota to I mean, we'll just say Key Largo. Key West is like three hours further than Key Largo. Um, it would be four hours, four and a half hours. My mom will tell us what key it was. Now okay. that we've but you went to, it I mean, Key Largo is the closest one. So it was at least that, which is at least five hours away. So you did that. It couldn't, I don't, I think it was closer than that, honestly. Impossible, bro. Pretty sure that's impossible. Okay. Well, listen, you know, we're all dumb sometimes and today's my day. No, you don't sound dumb to me at all, Daniel. I'm I'm in awe. Don't of your don't intelligence. Me. Daniel. So, that's great. Um anyway, whatever. Cuz you, you whatever. know whatever. So, we're in Key Largo, the first key, and it's literally like a 2 hour 45 minute drive on a highway like, you know, that's just like that's it the only way in and out of the keys because it's this giant island chain sure. um so i just thought like you're in one you're in them all but that is not the case and i'm a dumb dumb because key west is totally different and is sure. like a serious place destination thing that you know whatever what kind of destination it's really hard to describe but it, it felt like a little bit like like havana might feel or something and it mixed with like Miami Beach, mixed with like I don't know. It's hard to describe. But it's it's is kind it of, like turned up, big money moving lots of places? No, or is it like super, vibed out? It's vibed out, but it's super expensive. So like if you go to Miami or Miami Beach, it's super expensive and not vibe. You know, it's just like everything's rich and like huge. Glitzy and yes. crazy. This yeah. place is like a lot of like tons of little colorful cottages. Um, that all cost a zillion dollars and, but yeah. you know, you'll see like, you know, Epstein I even, vibes, you know, that's Palm beach and like Miami beach. This is, how do you describe it? It's a place where like roosters are walking. It feels like almost like a third world country mixed with the richest place in Florida. It's so weird. Like there's just okay. like rusty mopeds, like in back alleys and cats walking everywhere and roosters and stuff. super weird um but that is weird hemingway it's like the big attraction around there because he lived there for when he wrote like most of his books Um, you know one of the most sort of like shameful um things i've ever done what's that we're gonna talk about it on the podcast great um i can't wait so i was in i was in college and i was like actively invested in being an alcoholic um 
and so you looked to Hemingway for inspiration. I was obsessed. I was very, I very much like had the classic like collegiate alcoholic thing of like idolizing like William S. Burroughs and Hemingway and anyone who was like a famous writer and also an alcoholic or a drug addict. Yeah. Um, so I was like real into that. And um, the, uh, the, this kid came to me and he was like, there was a lot of like, cause I went to this Christian college and there was like a lot of like kids who had either come from like small private Christian schools or like were homeschooled, homeschooled, you know? So there's like a lot of these kids who just like didn't, didn't know anything. And like, I kind of was that kid when I got there, but I like quickly learned a lot of things, you know? Yeah. Um, but like. Anyway, there was this kid who was like kind of came to me and he was like depressed because his girlfriend had broke up with him or whatever and was like, should I call her? Should I not call her? And my goal was to convince this guy that like calling her and like repeatedly like, you know, like calling her a million times and texting was a bad idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was my goal. The way I communicated that to look cool was that I said, no, man, what you got to do is you take the hemming way. And to take the Hemingway, you turn your phone off, leave it at home, and uh, just get drunk, dude. Just drink whiskey and leave your phone at home and, like, maybe write. And that was, like, kind of, like, the romantic ideal that I instilled in this guy. And then, like, I, like, was high and I, like, immediately forgot that this conversation had happened. And then, like, later that night, I was at some friend's house, and this guy just shows up (laughs) shit-faced. Like, completely shit-faced. And he ended up getting alcohol poisoning. No way. Yeah. (laughs) No way. And he, like, presumably hadn't done much drinking before you gave him this. I don't think, like, I don't think he had done a lot of heavy drinking. Okay. Um, And anyway, I, like, so anyway... Cut to 10 years later, I'm in New York City. I see this guy shit-faced. And I've now seen this guy like three times as like an adult, like pe- like post-college, like in my late 20s and early 30s. Yeah. Every time I've seen him, he's been shit-faced. Wow. So I'm a little bit worried that I like uh, built myself a little a little mini-me. Wow, that's a real, that's a real uh, way to carry their decal. Yeah. Anyway, that's when you say Hemingway, that's what that's where I go. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, Daniel, uh, he had it coming to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, asking you what you think, to do. Yeah, he shouldn't have asked me for advice. But also, like, if it wasn't me, it would have been someone. Yeah, I joke. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. That's uh, Hemingway's thing. And uh, so yeah, but whiskey though isn't his thing. Rum. Probably rum, yeah. But listen, I was in college. I didn't know any better. You didn't know. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So that's uh, that's great great news, Daniel. Um, that's that. That's the Florida mm-hmm. Keys. That's Hemingway. All his descendants of his cats, he has like had six-toed cats, polydactyl cats. They, there's okay. like, like 30 cats on the property, and they're all descendants of that cat. Like half of them have six toes. Um, no way. they're all like caged the whole property is caged in for these cats because he loved cats and they're everywhere all of his cats it's wild that's nuts it is it's pretty nuts so anyway why did i bring up the keys oh because just for a fun factoid no that was like a stop along the way factoid how the keys like i just thought this was crazy the keys like the the whole reason they exist and are rich and everything is from shipwrecks crashing oh yeah we in talked the about the reefs on the not on the thing we just talked i don't about know it what's on been phone. on the show we've been talking so much recently dude yeah no it couldn't have been because that we just went to key west like two days ago all right it's so shipwrecks anyway well i already told you yeah. the magic's gone yeah well for the listener there's a theory that they might have put out fake lighthouses to cause shipwrecks. oh there is that theory yeah yeah yep anyway um how so that. have you how have you enjoyed your Floridian vacation? Great, super fun, lots of fishing, lots of wildlife. Saw my first iguana mm-hmm. the other day. Just I was like on my like computer oh, yeah. and it just like walked up on the dock, um, which was fun. Oh, and then later on, I saw it climb into a tree above the water, and then we're just hanging out and we just hear a big splash, and uh, 
poor iguana fell into the water. That's a bummer. How the yeah. iguana. Um, but Daniel, okay, last Caleb has to spew all his new things at Daniel. Uh, notable thing, we went to a super fancy restaurant yesterday and I had the best steak of my life. And I just wanted to tell you that. Hell yeah. Have you ever had what like, cut of steak was it? It was like it was like wagyu, wagyu. Was it a uh, fillet? Strip. It was a strip. This we had a both. Strip. And That's the strip what you would like, want for the wagyu. You probably wouldn't want a fillet with wagyu. I mean, a fillet would be good, but talk to me about wagyu, Daniel. Japanese Daniel. Yeah, um, wagyu is a super marbled meat. Okay. So the the meat has so much fat in it um but it is like marbled really well which means like it uh it's not like big chunks of fat like the fat right, is like right. very delicately interspersed in between the muscle mm. fibers um which means it all just kind of melts when you cook it and so you end up with uh like if you like pull up a picture of wagyu it's like much lighter in color than normal meat interesting and that's because because of all that fat the meat is red and the fat is white and so it looks pinker than red yeah you know what i'm saying yeah this this meat literally i mean it tasted like meat butter it was like yeah exactly it was the craziest thing i've ever tasted it was wild yeah well and like like we did some uh wagyu ribeyes with our friends um and then you just like cut the fat off like when you're done with it like you can just take that fat and then we like cook some asparagus in that fat oh it was so good that's crazy that wagyu fat is no joke i thought like how you know how could it be worth that much money is it i don't know i i wasn't i wasn't a nace i was just like a little bit of a doubter but i don't doubt anymore it really is wild it really is like distinctly different than other steak there is some meat that is very good that is not wagyu okay um that is you know 80 percent is good for 40 percent the price okay i mean how do do you get the fat like what like why is why does fat mean expensive why does marbled fat mean expensive what what is i don't know what they're doing to those poor cows i'm sure they're abusing those cows (laughs) to get that fat i don't know what they're doing but i assume they're like like... i assume they're fucking force feeding them or something who knows you know Ah, so it's just like feeding them a ton, making them super fat cows, presumably. And they're probably eating like very special food and, okay. you know. The pitch they sold to us was like these cows, like the one, like the different, there were different cows on the menu, basically different types or whatever. And they're like, well, this one, they massage them and to like get the cholesterol out or something. Hmm. I would think you'd want more in, but they massage the cows and they feed them a strict diet of something good you know i don't know you yeah. feed them a strict diet and they literally massage the cows which yeah. is bizarre um i mean i am definitely at the limit of my understanding when it comes to like how do you how do you do cow husbandry in order <laughs> to get the best beef right um but i do know a little bit about like how to uh how to eat the eat the meat how do you eat the meat good just chomp eat good. good eat good yeah just right. chomp chomp eat on down okay all right, Daniel Colborn. I also had baby. oysters for the first time. Never had oysters. You've never had oysters? Never had them. I know. Did yeah. you enjoy them? They're super good. I expected what, them to be gross. How did you do them? How, how did you prepare them? I just, we just got them. They were a just, appetizer. But like, what, did you put anything on them? Uh, I did squeeze some lemon on them. Just lemon? All right, but they perfect. were kind of salty and I don't know if that is how they come yeah, that's, or. That's how they come. Okay. Yeah. Like that's how they so, taste naturally, or they add salt. Um, sometimes people will add salt, but like a good oyster should be salty. Just tastes that way. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested that there are a lot of oysters down there. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, golf oysters are a big thing. Never mind. I'm not interested. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not interested but yeah, either. like the temperature of the water and like where they're from affects them a lot. Golf oysters are notoriously big and salty. Oh. Um, I really like a golf oyster. Hmm. Uh, that's what we had in New Orleans. Do um, they? Then so, there's like Virginia oysters are really big now, but I don't like them. I think they're a little too like sweet hmm. um, and not salty enough. And they're they're all like their shells are a little bit crumbly, which makes them like when you shuck them, 
they kind of like, like grind up and you get a little grit, a little grit in, the in the oyster. Yeah. Whereas with a golf oyster, when you shuck them, it has this really satisfying like sound, you know? So how do you prepare an oyster? You know, I mean, you can cook them different ways, but what I do is... So I believe I these were make, raw. They were like on ice. Yeah, no. Yeah, so a raw oyster, there's a few like, you know, there's a few different like popular things to do with a raw oyster, right? Okay. What you did is like one of the fucking best, which is just squeeze a little lemon on there. What I like is a little lemon and a little black pepper. Okay. Um, but, you know, to each his own. Um, another thing that's very good is uh, cocktail sauce. But if you think about cocktail sauce, it's really just horseradish and ketchup. Yeah, right. Um, so I just skip the ketchup and I'll just do a dab of horseradish oh. and squeeze a lemon. Okay. Um, another thing is, um, what the fuck is the sauce called? Don't know. There's a sauce that Tartar is like sauce. red wine vinegar. No, it's oh. red wine vinegar and onion. Oh, dude. So they're in the seafood platter. There were a few, there was cocktail sauce. There was mm -hmm. all, all the seafoods among them, the oysters and mm -hmm. next to the lobster tails. Yeah. I, I was kind of assuming that the sauces were like placed strategically next to the seafood. Cause like, well, you know what? That might be out because the the cocktail sauce was not next to the shrimp. So, whatever. There was a Mignonet, sauce. That's what it's called. Okay. I mean, it's there was a sauce that tasted like it straight up tasted like uh, like apple cider vinegar. Yeah, I think it's just red wine vinegar and shallots. Interesting. What is this called? Mignonet sauce. It's like M I G N O. Min yeah, Mignonet sauce. Oh, well, this doesn't look... This might have been mignonet with no yinay. There was no white chunks in it. Okay, there was no shallots in it. Yeah, it was just anyway, like, um, like a vinegar, kind of. A lot of people will put that on an oyster. Okay. Um, I think that's kind of more of like a... Like an old world approach to an oyster. Okay. I think all the like new young bucks are like going more towards like horseradish and salt or horseradish and pepper you know okay. but um anyway so that's good then you can also make like oysters rockefeller which are super dope uh which is you just like you shuck the oysters this is a cooked oyster okay but you just shuck the oysters and you put like uh it's like cheese and spinach basically okay um like you just put like a daub of that on the oyster and like mm -hmm. roast them and then you like pick them off with a fork um, anyway, those are dope. There's a lot of great oyster options out there. So the oysters... I kind of make like a bastardized Rockefeller sometimes. Whiz, cheese whiz? No, 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 no. But just <laughs> like, I'll just put like cheese on there and then like roast them. Yeah. Like cheese and salt and pepper and just roast them. It's so good. Daniel, these oysters, they just like kind of slid down my gullet. You know, I just kicked mm -hmm. it back like a mm -hmm. shot of oyster and... I mean, well, I actually don't know if I just swallowed it. I don't know what I did with it. I can't remember. But the point is, is that they slid off of the shell. Did they have mm -hmm. to like cut the little container? Because you know, like on a clam, you have to like kind of rip the clam yeah, off. Yeah, there's a of foot. Yeah. Is that not on an oyster or do they cut that so you can just like kick it back? So there's a foot on one side. Yeah. Of the shell and not on the other. Right. Right. So what you do is you pop it and then you slide the knife like right under and slice the foot. Okay. I see. Now I see, Daniel. You know your oysters, bro. I was an oyster shucker. Wow. Daniel. Oyster shucking at... Let me just tell you. Oyster shucking at a private party in New Orleans is like the best gig there is in New Orleans. I mean, it sounds like it. Because like you're at these like go. giant houses, right? Full of like rich people. Yeah. And you're just the guy in the corner shucking oysters. And not everyone likes oysters. So there's like five or ten people at that party who are just coming back to you all night for oysters. Yeah. And they're like talking to you and they want to like impress you by telling you they know where the oysters are from and stuff. Oh. Um, by, by so you just talk them? to them. No, just like they just like say like, oh, I like oysters from here. Where are okay. these ones from? And you tell and, you know, they just want to talk oyster. OK. Yeah. Um, talk shop a little bit. Right. Right. So you you play oyster talk games with these rich guys. And then at the end of the night, someone's going to give you a $100 tip. There's like no way around it. Crazy. And yeah, it's a good time. And you're charging 30 bucks an hour anyway. So you're there 
So I would walk out of these like three or four hour oyster gigs with like 500 bucks. It was great. That's wild. Yeah, it was a great time. Wild times, Daniel. Mm. Uh, so then Daniel, you stab yourself how- in the hand a couple times. Then you get out the game. <laughs> right. Put down the, the shucker. Put down the knife. Put down the knife. Daniel, how are you, bud? Good dog. I'm good. Oh, sorry. One more oyster claim to fame. I know the fastest oyster trucker in the world. Is his name Woody? His name's Mike. 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 All right. Well, Carry shout on. out to Mike. Shouts out, Mike. Um, Daniel. We have yes. uh, we have Lar- but the Laravel thing premiere. Do you see this business? Oh, the documentary. The documentary. Are you in it or no? No. Uh, yeah. What? You should be. Daniel, you're just saying that. You should be Daniel. No plans to merge. What do you mean? Run that shit. Yeah, that's true. Ziggy is like one of the best packages in the world, so they should have talked to me. It is a funny... Listen, there's no shade here at all, but it is... Uh, I mean, I just figured like whoever did it has specific connections and like had a limited amount of places to fly so wherever they were like interviewing one person they're like oh yeah and it's like here or something it's impossible know. to know where you are at any given point you're probably you're in the keys could you're be in, in the Buffalo, a backwater swamp yeah right um but i guess the one like yeah right whatever <laughs> no no and shit. you're not even really a laravel guy anymore got, <laughs> you're kind of more of an nft guy I'm more now. of an nft guy I've, I've switched but they got the main ones that's all that matters they got the taylor the adam the jeffrey yeah. the matt that's that's yeah. the that's the four pack and the freak. Mm-hmm. We'll throw them in and the freak five pack. Yeah, and that's who you need to have. Um, that is so, who you need to have. So that's good. Yeah, no, I mean there were there were some you know Twitter people like, huh? But you missed, and then list all the other people that should be in there because there's a lot of people that should be in there. A lot of um, people, and that is yeah. a bummer because it would be super cool if if it had people like David Hemphill, Renning, um, I don't know Eric Barnes. Like a lot of Ian Landsman. Oh, Eric Barnes might be mm-hmm. in it, actually. No, I don't know. But, you know, there's lots of of next tier people that would be It solid. was just cool to see it because um, it feels like there was like a really like clutch era in like early Laravel. Yeah. Where like it felt like we were really like living through a moment. You know, like in like programming history or something. Sure. And yep. just to like have a movie made about that where it's like, hey, like these are all the people and like you were around all these people like as in this moment in Laravel history. Right. And like it really was something, you know, where they and they the way they dramatized it, at least in the trailer, I loved how like the way they, you know, built it all up and then leading up like Taylor, 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 Taylor. And then they like yeah. cut to like a serene scene of Taylor like being interviewed, and he's like, "So, you know, <laughs> whatever." Yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. That was fantastic. So I'm super yep. excited. I'm psyched for it. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, we were just talking about it. Uh, me and one of my, me and my like uh, mentoring client guy were just like on the call yesterday talking about that. I was just like, "Yeah, dude, it was really cool. Like to see all those people. And yeah, like somebody, and also it just makes me feel good for those people that it's like." Totally. They like, get to have a you, documentary you know, with them in it. And just like they put in a lot of work and I'm glad that like someone flew out and went to their yes. house and pointed a camera at them about I it. I know. You know? Yep. Like a lot of these people have put in a decade in this thing almost. And I'm glad that they're getting their just desserts. Right. Getting yep. a camera pointed at them. It's totally awesome. They the There's a company that does this for other, like did it for uh, View. So there was like mm-hmm. the view documentary and then there was, I remember a while back, Chris, somebody did it for Chris Coyer just alone. Um, and that was awesome. So it's cool to see this. And I must be, th- must be nice to be Chris Coyer. Get a, get a documentary alone. Yeah. I mean, dude deserves it. I mean, it wasn't like a documentary, <laughs> but it like probably 20 minutes of interview of Chris Coyer following him around his life and whatever. It was super cool. Um, but Daniel, I'm literally watching a bald eagle fly in front of me. That's insane. Wow. Um, that's crazy. So, sheesh. And I'm looking out, and Hannah just saw the bald eagle, and she just looked at me. Um, so, yeah, she's mouthing bald eagle. Um, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, you got yourself 
the thing. Oh, uh, Laravel, Laracon, forever ago, one of my mm-hmm. first ones. I was into videography on the side. That was like my side business. And mm-hmm. I went up to Taylor and I was like, hey, if I make a Laravel documentary and like fly to your house, can I interview you? And you'll be, and he was like, I would love something like that. He's like, that would be really cool. Yeah, let me know. Reach out. I didn't even know him at the time. But yeah. that's, I just like was kind of drumming it up and I had plans. I was like, I'm going to fly to Taylor and Jeffrey and whatever and make a documentary. I never did. I never did never make did. that documentary, but Taylor was into it. I was pleasantly surprised. He was like, totally. That sounds great. I would love for something like that to happen. Hell yeah. So that's my team. He's been thinking about it this whole time and was like, I guess Caleb's too big he's not going to do it. Right. Just reaches out like, hey, uh, so just uh, following up with you on that documentary. (laughs) The documentary you mentioned seven years ago. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's funny. So super tight. And the company who's doing it offers that I've never heard of. Yeah, me neither. But the footage looked great. Yeah. So way way to get on the map. They made all these people's like home offices look so dope yeah i guess i didn't i didn't pay that close attention i guess because they did oh i was like looking at all of them i was like dude all these people's setups look immaculate right now like yeah. they well, really sure did they some clean, desk organizing like, before oh, this hell yeah. <laughs> um but yeah everyone's everyone's shit looked great happy for everybody yep um so that's cool it's a big moment for the laravel community speaking of laracon you're doing laracon yeah i'm doing laracon yep what which is doing? free this year what you doing at laracon uh blade components building blade Dude. components blade I, components are so litty yeah i want to know what you just off the top of your head like what should i talk about what what should go should into the perfect blade, blade, blade component talk blade components are just uh blade components are the missing component layer for alpine js yep that is true and that's the thing you should talk about <laughs> okay and like that. honestly like there's no reason i mean that's not true just for like code separation and organization and like reuse reuse reduce recycle or whatever yep you should make blade components just as a matter of practice but i'm lazy i'm not going to make blade components unless they are alpine components and so every single blade component i have ever made is an alpine component right funny yeah i don't make a whole lot of non-alpine blade components myself but dude Alpine blade components are so powerful. They are. Especially yeah. Alpine blade components that like are like uh that you can wire model. So yeah, I'm actually well let's talk about that. I want I think something I want to address here is like how do you get di- when you're making input components like form controls, how do you We've bind talked about this to that data? Right. We've talked so wire model, X model and straight up having it in a form like the three ways that you need these these blade components ideally they work with all three you can Mm -hmm. stick it in a form tag itself and it'll just you know you could submit the form and you'll get that data with the name and the value that's number one assuming you're making some custom input that's not just input type text or whatever that's number one number two is x model in alpine so you can just alpine bind to that data and number three is wire model live wire bind and if -hmm. you can do all three of those then you're you're good you've created a a magic input right and so having the story for input type or for the native form control is using input type hidden um to you know make that data accessible to a form tag uh which i'm sort of back in that like uh this is fine for like text boxes and stuff but you remember we talked about this a while ago like one of the the little components i used to carry around with me to view projects was one that accepted uh, like a data any data like an array or an object and it would turn it into input type hiddens you know where you mm-hmm. have a bunch of them where like the name is like bracket syntax and stuff yeah, yeah um, that's cool so i need to figure out some story for that personally for alpine or whatever and then also there's that but x model so if you want to make anything x modelable so let's say you have a div and i don't know a counter like a div that with some buttons it's a counter up and down whatever you want to isolate that into a blade component called like x counter and you want to bind with x model to that data right Mm -hmm. how do you do that so tell me what i want to do again slower you have a counter Mm -hmm. 
you want to hide it inside a blade component mm -hmm. and you want to bind outer data to that value with X model mm -hmm. on the blade component. Follow me. Yeah, I do. And how am I going to pass that data in? Right. So, so I want to like X model. I want to do like X counter. That's my blade component. And then yeah. I want to like have an attribute called X model yep. and then some data. I don't know. I've never actually built that because I always just wire model. Like, yeah. Right. And I don't think many people have, but I added something internally a few versions ago, a few minor versions ago. Ideally, you would just be able to create like a colon X model and then like grab that attribute and then pass it on to the hidden input inside, right? Well, the pro well, you need two-way binding, you know. So, like, the component should be able to update the data on the outer bound, and then it should also be updated. By what do you mean, update the data on the outer bound? Right. So, if you have like data outside of the counter component that your X model binding to the counter component, you know. Right. Like, if you have like a visitor counter or some stupid thing, I don't know, and a uh -huh. button that says like or whatever you x data visitor count is two and then inside right. that you have your x counter x model visitor count yes. which you want it to be set to two and then if you click plus you want it to go to three and then yes. if you modify visitor counter outside of that to six what do you mean modify visitor counter? you have a separate button that sets it to six or something you know okay so we're not just passing this data in from blade then we need it entangled daniel like, to live wire are we talking about live no, no, wire no, no, now? no just alpine so entangled to what okay daniel <laughs> you, if you have an input type text uh-huh and you x model username to it yes yep. when you update the text username is updated right yes when you update username from somewhere else the input text is updated right when I update use is username a variable? Yes. Or is username a string? A variable that is a string. Where from whence this variable? An outer X data scope. Okay. Yes. Sure. Right? Two way binding. X model is two way binding. Same way V model uh -huh. is two way binding. Right? Uh-huh. So you want this in Alpine. You want but you want to create right. it by hand. Like in view. Remember, like if you want to make your own V model in view, you have to pass value down. And you have to listen for an input event up. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. That sort of deal. Right. I don't understand why that's a problem for the thing that I suggested, where you just like grab an attribute from a blade component and then apply that attribute to the input inside the blade component. Oh, right, right. Yes. So I guess the difference would be, well, walk me through that. Consider so that you, you have an outer X data that has visitor count. It's named visitor. What do you count. mean? What is an outer? Okay, so I'm just describing a component. Right, okay. So like if you, if there was no blade component, if we just had like an input, right? Yeah. And then we put X data on it, right? X data. Put X data on a div outside. Sorry, not X data, X model. Okay, X model, yeah. If we put X model on an input. Yeah. For like X model username, yeah. right? That works in your whole situation, yes. right? Yep. So if I then create a blade component, yep. copy that input into a blade component, create an X model like uh, argument for my blade component, yeah. and then find that argument and apply it to the inner input, mm -hmm. have I broken your system somehow? No, no, that works. So that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, that's good. The only hole in that plan is if you have something deeper, like let's, so let's take it to the count example. Let's do this. Instead of mm -hmm. the just straight input tag that UX model, you have a div with buttons that increment, you know, a number. So you have an Alpine component, X data count is zero, and then buttons mm -hmm. inside that increment that and decrement it. And you mm -hmm. want to wrap that up in a blade component and be able to X model to that value, but using a different name, you know? I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Okay. Okay. 
So like, doesn't that break down? Like you can't just forward X model visitor count to the div that has X data on it. Like there's no X, there's nothing. X model won't work with anything, you know, because it's just divs and yeah, buttons. Yeah, yeah. So you just output. put a hidden input, right? Well, so what we want to do is like, I, we're not even talking hidden inputs because we're not like it might, you might not want to just use it in a form. You might want to use that data in JSON form for something else, you know, or make it reactive. Well, what is this JSON data? Where's that coming from? Oh, sorry. I'm just saying like, I don't know if you, you know what I'm saying, Daniel, if you have like a div. I sure don't, bud. Come on. You have a div with X data and st- all right, let's create a form that we're going to submit uh, via Ajax. So I understand that I have a div with X data. And then I understand that I have a counter inside that thing that increments and decrements. Yep. And we're updating the count in the X data of the parent div. Yes. Right? Yep. And what is the problem? What am I, why can't I X model on a hidden input and be good? Well, because then that would only benefit you if you were submitting a form. You know? Even then... Why? Even wait, then, wait, wait, wait. why would that only benefit me? Because what am I trying to do? Right, you're I'm tr- trying to update the contents of this X data. I don't care about a form. Okay, well, the input type hidden is not going to help you with that, because that the only thing that's going to do is just make an input type hidden that'll be picked up by a form. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a, Shh. if you sure. have an X data scope with data inside of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to submit that to a form. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's just on the page, whatever. It's a search. that doesn't matter. Sure. You want a suite of these blade input components that behave as if they're normal input components, right? Right, right. You want a unified API, and you want to be able to X model some arbitrary data name to a custom blade component. To a thing that's not an input. To a thing that's not an input and make it... So you want the API to be homogenous. You want it to feel like you're just X modeling to an input, you know? Yes. But then you have to accomplish that task inside of the blade component. Right. So that's... So if you want it to feel like it's an input... Yeah. So if there's... So whatever, there's like a data... So inside this child Alpine component that has like a count, right? Yep. Uh, There's like this, whatever, this piece of count data, right? Okay. Yeah. If I want to expose an X model API to access that count data, yes. What I would do is create a hidden input and X model to it. Interesting. So that's what I would like naturally try. I guess first. I don't understand how that would work. Oh, well, wait, I don't get it. So you have the blade component is div X data count equals zero. Inside the div are buttons with, you know, at click count plus plus type deal, right? Uh huh. And you're saying that you can somehow make that X modelable in the blade component by having a hidden input. So describe that right. to me. How does that work? So I think, I think this is what I would try first. I might like run into a problem that says I can't do this, but like, can't I just X, like I have access to the parent scope, right? Yeah. So whatever gets passed into the blade component as the argument of X model okay. is presumably something that is in the parent scope. Right. And then I'm just going to X model my hidden input. Okay. So you could do that, but how do you bind the value of count to that hidden input? Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. So you're you're trying to bind to two things at once. You're trying to bind to the parent scope and to the child scope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see the problem. Um, Okay. And the way it's normally done in something like Vue is or maybe exclusively view what do i know you emit a chair or dispatch whatever a change event up and a value prop gets passed in and that's how like you can use v model on the view component but inside of it inside that view component inside that little world you accept a value prop in and you fire the change event out you know like you, you've seen that, right? Like you're familiar with that? Say it one more time. So if you're creating this equivalent inside view and you have this counter example, whatever, you want to use V model on the counter inside that component. I'm pretty sure this is still the case. It was in view two. Inside the counter, you a value prop gets passed in 
mm-hmm. if you if you're faking v model a value prop gets passed in and then a change event gets dispatched out yeah right like a input change event yes right Maybe and then input, by x modeling on the div you're catching all those x you're catching all those change events and passing them up by v modeling on the outer component yes well can you just x model on a div oh right so if you just x model on a div that just creates a listener for change events right it's just a listener for change events yes right so as, as long as you dispatch a change event up then the x model would catch that change event and pass it on right, right. the problem is getting data down Right, because what you're right, saying... Right, like, right, right. So then you need like a... So then you... Okay, I see what you're saying. So then getting data down, what does X model do when data comes in? X model... Like uh, on on a change to the value of the input. Or yeah. sorry, on a change to the data. Yeah, it just looks for a dot value property on the element itself and sets it. And Depending, sets it. It checks what type of input or whatever. There's obviously... It's more than that, but for this, mm-hmm. let's just say, you know, it just sets dot value. So will X model break if I set it on a div and then change the value? So it won't because uh, I don't think divs, well, good question. There's no, huh. You would have to set, right. So X model is gonna set dot value on the div, mm-hmm. but how are you gonna pick that up from Alpine? You know, I have no idea. I'm just saying, like, will it like actually like throw an error because there's not a default no. value prop? No. So it's just going to set like It'll a value attribute on, value that note, on that DOM element. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Weird. So yeah, I don't have a strat for picking that up. So then I would need to actually. So there's there's like two approaches here. Uh huh. The one is like adhere as closely to the view way as possible. We already have the change event or input event up, whatever. Mm-hmm. The part that's tricky is the value prop down. So mm-hmm. we would need some way that I can't really visualize off the top of my head to get a value prop passed down. But maybe, and input. there could be a system, uh, added says whatever. That's one way. The other path, and this is the path that I've been going down, is when you use X model on an element, so mm-hmm. you like we've just described, it manually sets a value, and then it also adds an, an event listener for input. Mm-hmm. You could, uh, well, in addition to those, I actually set um, like properties, like Alpine properties, underscore X underscore model, which is a get getter and setter, basically, so that you can manually. So if X model is on an element, there is now a programmatic way to update that binding and to receive updates from the binding. Okay. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Okay. So that kind of unlocks this where you could you could now fake X model. If if you forward the X model to the blade component onto the counter div, does that make sense? Like with blade, so like you have your X counter blade component, right? Mm-hmm. And then you and have then you forward and, it onto the counter div, the parent div. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just straight up the rendered DOM is like div, X data count, and then X model you know use user count so i know that you have a you have an x model get and set yes do you are you also throwing an event like a x model changed event or something um i mean like x model received data event right there's not the idea is that when you call get x model get it Mm -hmm. will retrieve the reactive value so you could oh i see i see put that inside an effect or something um Yes. So, Daniel, I'm I can cre- I can do this. Like I can do this for myself, but it's obviously not very clean and obvious for other people. So, I'm thinking about what is an API that I could add where you could say so on this div where you have x data count. Okay? Uh-huh. You could add a property called x model provide or something. Count. x model colon on or x co- x model colon on data. And then that is an event listener that. Well, remember gets it has to be called. more. It has to. What? Remember, it's not just event listen. It's not just reacting to changes. It's doing changes. It's two way binding. You know, it's the value down. Right, but so you have an X model, and then you also have an X model on data. Okay. And that on data reacts to 
when the value changes from above. Interesting. Oh, okay. All right. It reacts to when the value changes from above. And then it just gives you a, you can pass in a function to that and do whatever with that data. Oh, that's kind of interesting. So, and then how do you impact the data? You would just submit the input event? Just impact the data. Right. How do you change? That's reacting to the outer data change. Yeah, yeah. I would just emit a change event somewhere. Right. So is there a way to do that that feels less? It feels like two APIs for one thing, you know? Um, yeah. So what I would probably do is create like an alias for the change event thing, which would be like X model or like whatever dot like X model emit data or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like wrap up the change event thing in like a named API. So here where I, the tree that I was barking up mm -hmm. was create a new directive called like X model provide or something where you just pass in the name of the variable you want to be X modelable, you know, and then it handles the get and set. So it would be like, remember div X data count. Mm -hmm. X model provide count. Now you could add on, is on the child, right? Right. Now you could yep. add on an X model user count, you know, mm -hmm. and it'll be bound to count. So you would Both say ways. X model provide count. And you're yep. basically saying like when X model changes, just relay that on and update count. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's fine. It does the two way binding. So you don't have to worry about like value down event up. It's just like yeah, that would be sick. Forward a two-way binding, but I guess the the struggle for me is like, what's a good API for that? Number one, and number two is something I can't remember. Shoot, that's the first question: is is that a good API? Basically, mm -hmm. is it? Is that? I don't know. I need to see it. I need to play I with know. it. I know. Yep. And it's a tough thing to even like verbalize, obviously, because it took us this long to get to it. <laughs> right. Yeah, but yeah I mean I think the idea of having some method that so your method is a little bit more magic than mine right yeah so mine is like just expose like a raw event listener that you could right. do something with including update data and yours is like let's skip that and just directly provide you an option to say what you want to update right um I don't I think mine is a little bit more the react way and yours is a little bit more the view way yeah because um, like react is all about like just provide places for people to put callbacks and then they can do it themselves yeah um, so my gut says go that way mm -hmm. um, give them an option to make a callback and then they can worry about updating their own data um, but you know it's, I feel like the difference between the two is an aesthetic thing. The real thing that's going to make this API good or not is naming it, and I don't think provide is a good enough name, but hmm. I don't right, know no, what I better I agree. Is. I know. Well, I mean, it's pretty interesting. Like Doing it the React-ish way, as we're calling it right now, is beneficial in a few ways, I guess, because in my way, I'm sort of assuming that you don't want to add any middleware you know like or if it's a callback you can add your own middleware and by middleware yeah. i just mean like you can do anything yeah you can mutate the data you, you can, can mutate the data shit. before it comes in and you could mutate it before it goes out kind of deal um yeah so it's pretty interesting but i guess i hate the i like the the idea of just adding a property that's like a listener for model changes you know mm -hmm. but i don't like the other story of how you how you impact the change by firing like an imp input event or something because you would have to set up like a watcher or something on a p on the count or whatever piece of data to set that you know to, to fire well, that Well, maybe what you do is if you're creating the listener you just also silently create like an accessor if you're creating the listener you also silently create an accessor uh what do you mean so maybe the accessor would be some kind of like, or sorry, not an accessor. If you're creating the listener, you also sort of silently create like a setter 
Where? Like a function that you can call oh. that like sets it. Right. And then you like... Well, you still have the same problem. Because we already have this setter that's already created. Mm-hmm. It's like the problem is how do you know to set that? You probably hook up some watcher to your data, like count. Well, could you like put some kind of like a... I, the, now we're getting to like the edges of my knowledge because I don't understand proxies very well. But could you like... Could you put some kind of like reactive data somewhere that like gets auto updated if the like could you make could you create like a new reactive value that you could set somewhere? A new reactive value that you could set somewhere. Um I guess I don't sure. Okay. So you have like an X data. So go back to X data count. What's this you know, give me what it would look like in this. So instead scenario. of it being X data count, it would be like X data updates model count so like updates model would be like a function that wraps around count right which so this or like alpine dot updates model count right i mean that's pretty interesting because it this is sort of where i was going because like with livewire you would do dollar sign entangle you know yeah well and like if you think about all of the alpine plugins like many of them have an api of like something that you can wrap around an item in x data right i guess so like like it's kind of already an established pattern yeah so that that's probably the way honestly is like maybe just just like dollar sign model or something or maybe it's maybe it's updates model yeah dollar sign model yeah updates model is a little a little toothy right so what if it's just like count colon dollar sign model and then you pass in the default value and now it's just bound to any X model, like going forward, you know? Yeah, I'm into it. I mean, that really is the best thing. The only weirdness, I guess, is like if you wrap dollar sign model in dollar sign entangle or in, you know, wire entangle. And then it's like, I just don't want to create a situation where life is really hard because everything can goes you make through that? like can you just three make that layers work? of stuff. I could make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it work. Okay. Yeah, that's your problem. Right, shouldn't you're be right. a framework if you don't want to make that work. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Fuck <laughs> up, right? Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm in, Daniel. This is good because that's what I needed. That's elegant. Right. It expresses cool. it perfectly. Thanks. It, it only took me. It took me like half an hour to like figure out what the hell you were talking about. But once I got there, once I you feel got good there, I, yeah, it was just. Um, so, Daniel, we I actually like really have to go. Yeah, um, we super have to go. But you have did, to did we move not, to Orlando. like, you had topics, and did we even talk about them? No, we didn't talk about any of them, Caleb, but uh, we can talk this about the, the next This was the Caleb show. Um, quick update for the listener and the user. Caleb got out of NFTs, and I took his spot. It's true. <laughs> this, is the co- this is the completion of the NFT, um, I don't know. The story arc. Yeah, right. Like, the NFT story arc is taking a bold new turn. Season two is really interesting. Yes. We're introducing a whole new cast of characters. Yep. But yeah, so you quit Potheads, basically. Yep. They wrote, you're writing me off the show. Um, yeah, we're writing my Caleb character off the show. Off. Caleb's out of Potheads. I'm in Potheads. Um, yeah. me and Me and Caleb's buddy Papa Mumu are running Potheads together. And uh, it's been a blast, but we can talk more about all the ways it specifically has been a blast next week. Yep. It's cool to see two people who really care about the thing and are super ambitious. And there was a time that I felt that way and I no longer feel that way. Um, So it's cool to see like people who actually are going to do good stuff with it. And I'm not going to like, you know, drag, drag it down, which is awesome. It's so fun to like, just like fucking around. No doubt. It is super fun. Like everything about it is fun and yeah, I don't know. That's the part that like the other day yeah. I got off a call with my European client at four o'clock in the morning and I was really tired and I was about to go to bed, but I was like, I'm just going to look at this code real quick. Whoopsie doopsie. It's 10 in the morning. Oops. <laughs> like the most exhausted ever version of Daniel accidentally stayed up like another five hours to like write web three code yeah so anyway it's it's fun yep good times all right Daniel. good um, let's times. cue this outro music huh dude bum ba cueing it